Welcome to the Confident Couples Podcast, episode 26. This week, we talk about thriving while wedding planning. This is a topic that we have a lot of passion for, and I even go on a few rants. Planning your wedding will present some of the first challenges you work through as a couple, and we want you to thrive while planning your big day with each other, family, and guests. Let's get to it. So the question may or may not have been asked yet, and by question, I mean popped the question, Ooh! and now you're in planning, or you maybe you're even pre-planning, like you're signing up or reserving the banquet space you want to get married at before the question even gets asked, and clearly you're talking about planning a wedding and what that looks like. You mean people start planning things before even the question gets asked? Yes. Oh, really? Kettle black. (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine people have waited eight years to get engaged, and they may get a little bit of It wasn't nine? Well, we got engaged in 2010. We were together since 2002. So we got engaged eight years into our relationship and married nine years in. Math is hard. I was ready. You were very ready. Planning, preparedness. We got a three-ring binder for your engagement ring. Well, yeah, that's because Pinterest didn't exist yet in 2010. (laughs) If it had, I would have been all over it. Oh, oh, the thousands of photos I would have pinned. A photo will have to be posted with that of this three-ring binder of what you ripped out. I don't think it exists anymore. Well, it has we'll to be to described it. then in that the wedding ring shopping experience was Sarah and I going to a jeweler with a three ring binder in tow where magazines pages had so been ripped many out. Pages. That's and how we did said, it. Hey, this is kind of what I want. And we got done and our jeweler was like, we've got it. We by meaning him and me. I wasn't so sure. I was pretty sure I needed to see an architectural drawing. Make she wanted a CAD 3D drawing, which now exists, by the way. You have a former jeweler client as a past client, I think, and that was one of the things that he did was he had a 3D-capable CAD drawing website. So so amazing. I'm just so impressed. So that lays the foundation for like planning a wedding and what it entails and what it looks like, and that's what we were going to talk about today, how to thrive while planning your wedding. So I know that we got married a long time ago, or it seems like a long time ago, if you're someone who is newly engaged. We did get married in 2011, so that was Hasn't left our decade eight years yet. ago. Hasn't left our decade yet. <laughs> but some of the details are getting a little fuzzy. But I do remember some of the things that we did to make sure that we stayed getting along and stayed friends while we were planning one of the biggest and most stressful days of our lives. And we wanted to pass that along since it is now wedding season. We're not going to talk about vendors. We're not going to talk about spending or how much you should spend or budgets or anything like that. This is a people side of this, like things to think about, conversations to have, how you may be presented with certain challenges. Those are the things that were like time tested stuff, not the hot new thing or that, hey, you better tell your DJ to timestamp your wedding with all Pitbull songs like what we did and Katy Perry. 
No, we're going to talk about being intentional about getting along with your partner, your fiance, as you're planning your wedding, because that's what we care about here is intentional relationships and setting yourself up for success in the future. And weddings can be something that really stress couples out that can sometimes end a relationship, interestingly enough. And we want you to get through wedding planning with a stronger relationship, knowing that you've planned a really big event together and you've been able to get through that and celebrate your commitment together. So what we're going to talk today is about several different ideas for how to get along while wedding planning. We've got four things written down. Let's talk about the first one, which is choose your three things that matter the most. We're talking about priorities. And I think this is something that you did very well when you were planning our wedding around picking what's most important, dedicating financial resources. It costs money to get married. No matter where you get married, it's going to cost a little bit of cash. And picking the things that are most important and then dedicating your resources around that or a bulk of your resources around that and then choosing lesser options. You know, do you really need the best location, the best food? the best flowers, the best wedding videographer, the best, uh, forgetting things now, but all these other vendors, like that's how you spend a absolute ton of money on a wedding. It's also how you spend a lot of emotional energy and a lot of planning energy. If everything is super important to you and you and your partner have not discussed what is most important on a wedding day, then that just adds to the stress. So Our suggestion is to actually sit down as you start your wedding planning process and think about what makes a wedding amazing to you. What are those most important things? So is it a super unique venue? Is it really beautiful flowers? Is it super delicious food or a really nice outfits and attire. What are those things that matter to you? This might be something that would be really good as a communication exercise where you each kind of look at a list of what the normal expenses involved with a wedding are. And you actually circle separately your top three. And then you look at that list together, see where those intersect, see if you're on totally different planets about what's important, and then talk through which of those things really matter to you the most. So like a good example for us was you wanted one of the best wedding photographers in the area to do our pictures. You wanted to maintain the memories. You wanted to know that you had somebody who was a trusted partner for the day They take advantage of the opportunities that were presented throughout the whole day and document our wedding day and really have cherished moments to look back on. That was super key to you. I love photography. It's one of my favorite forms of art. I spent hours and hours over days and days before we were even engaged looking at different styles of photography and different things that really spoke to me. And I just really fell in love with a certain style. So yes, that was something that was a huge priority to me. And I wanted to be done well because I don't actually have a very good memory. And I really remember things in terms of the photos of it. I'm going to remember the photos of it better than I'm going to remember what I actually saw in the moment. So yes, for us, an example was photography, or I should say for me, and it wasn't something that Bud trampled me on. He was like, I understand that's important to you. Let's make that a priority. 
if we had done the process of circling three things that were important to us, I would have wanted to cheat on the test and just have you circle three things and just said, yes, yes, yes. Well, I mean, that I is... didn't have as much invested. I just didn't. I was along for the ride and just wanted to participate in the day, not necessarily the detail of the planning. That was what you really wanted to thrive on. And I just wasn't going to get in the way of that. Well, but I mean, that is still something we could have communicated through together where you're like, I don't care about this list. You tell me what's important. I do think you had some things that were important to you, though, like having beer at the ceremony. That was easy. Because that was super fun, and that's important to you. Still get compliments about that. Highly recommended idea, curveball, (laughs) beer and wine before you sit down at the ceremony to all the guests. That was awesome. It kept everybody there as we got absolutely drenched on Yes. And then uh, an example of something where we saved and we didn't make it as big a priority, I believe, was our flowers. Although they were amazing, they were scaled back. They were very simple. They were really well done, but they were very simple centerpieces, very simple bouquets. They were done well, but simple. Well, I will disagree Um, with you slightly there, um, but doesn't know much about flowers. What I said about (laughs) the flowers was I don't really care about centerpieces. I want really beautiful bouquets. Also, I don't care about boutonnieres. So we didn't even do them. We didn't do boutonnieres either. That's right. So it was like, even within a category, we were really prioritizing what was important. And we went super cheap and simple on the centerpieces, which was totally fine. So That's the first piece of advice we have, or have a great communication around what's important. There was another priority that I think was good, too, was we just wanted our closest friends around us. And there is an absolute fiasco of, it was a whole sub-wedding industry industry built around bridesmaid dresses and groomsmen's tuxes. And I think it's an absolute joke (laughs) that we have... We didn't want to ask our friends to spend 150 to $200. It's probably even more now. Yeah, I mean, bridesmaids' dresses, the really nice ones, are super expensive. It's crazy. So I thought this was really smart and unique. At the time, I've seen more and more couples do this uh, with the Instagram and checking stuff out online, where I just told the boys to show up in a blue suit, I'd buy the tie, and I'd buy a white shirt for them. And you know what? We were 20 years old. If you don't have a blue suit, guess what? You need one. You're going to require one at some point in time in your adult life. And you told the girls to buy a, I think, gray dress. Yeah, like a medium gray dress, something they actually liked that made them feel really good. Because I felt bad asking someone to buy one of the most expensive dresses they would buy to date based on my own taste. And that was just how I felt about it. Again, we were all our friends were like 23 and 24. So I was trying to be really careful about the expenses they had. And I also understand not everybody likes or looks good in the same thing. So I just asked them to buy a short, medium length dress or a medium gray dress. And everyone looked great. Something they'd feel comfortable in. I think your brother took advantage of the opportunity to buy himself a nice, fancy new suit. I think that uh, the rest of my guys took advantage of money savings. They just showed up in something they had already, which is great. And your girls did the same thing. And it should be like that. This doesn't need to be a money-spending endeavor for the friends you asked to stand up with you either. So think about that. Nobody noticed in the wedding pictures that they looked different. 
everybody looked like they were going to a party. They were ready to have fun at, and it still all had the same theme and rhythm. But it wasn't identical. We don't need to be little duplicates up there. I don't think it looks any better or any worse. So and there's, there's a Bud's lot of rant. money to do that. I know. <laughs> the next thing is about setting a budget and monitoring where you are. And I think this really ties back nicely into setting the three priorities is that your priorities in our experience was your priorities is where you spent your money. And by relocating the priorities back into a budget helped you then make decisions financially and put math to the equation of what am I going to do to save on the rest of this? So with this piece of advice, I think we're acknowledging that money and the expense of a wedding can really cause a lot of friction within a couple. And especially if there's not communication around how much is being spent or committed to. And so that's why setting a budget and monitoring where you are and what you've committed to throughout the process can really help you to continue to get along. I don't care if you're self-financing your wedding or if others are helping you pay for it. It's really important that you have communication with your partner about how much is being spent and the other person is comfortable with that. So I like the idea of like a shared Google Sheet where that was either, something we did. Yeah, yeah. Either person could check on it at any time and see, you know, what's been committed, what bills are due, what's coming up, when things are due. I think that type of really intentional money management can help you avoid a lot of issues within your partnership as you plan. If you have a predefined budget, when the question comes, they want to add a new vendor. Like the example for us was the makeup artist. They wanted to add, Sarah wanted to add a makeup artist. Okay, so makeup artist costs X amount of dollars. Where does that money come from? You know, we've committed our budget. So what gets shaved off or what gets not spent to have the makeup artist come? Where does that, that's just a simple math equation then. It's take some of the emotion out of it. It takes some of the irrational of like, well, you're just telling me I can't have something. It's no, you can have it. It's just where are you going to pull funds from to make it happen? Is it chopping the boutonnieres for the boys? That was one of the things that we did. Because you know what? We didn't need them. We don't even know how to pin them on ourselves. We can't even do it. They only look silly in the pictures later. So the pocket squares, a white handkerchief does a trick just fine. And that saved the money. If I remember right, I think that saved the money for the makeup artist. So it didn't matter. So conversations like that around a budget and priorities is will really take a lot of emotion out of it and help you set up for success. Piece of advice number three is you each manage your own families. So I think this is something that... This is more than just a wedding day advice. This is marriage advice. That's true. <laughs> totally. I think this is something we did really well, though, where... And, and we continue to do really well is realize that each partner has family, each family has expectations, and it's really important not to make the not to make your partner the bad guy or girl. So when you're dealing with things that gets touchy within family and opinions that family has, it's really important that you realize that your own family's opinion is your job and you don't send your fiance to go and put out that fire or explain why you made a choice. Or why cousin Ned didn't get an invite. Or why. The sixth cousin Ned. Yeah. <laughs> 
don't pin that on your partner, even if your partner did draw the line in the sand. It's really important to show a unified front to your families and to be the one who's actually interfacing with your own family. It's the first time that a family might start to see you take the lead from your significant other in a big life decisions and to not throw them under the bus and to stand with your spouse, or in this case, we're saying in front of your spouse, your future spouse, and saying, this is what's right for us. This is what we're doing. Starts to set the tone for what the next year, five, ten, the remainder of your relationship will be like with your family. That's so good. I love the way that you said that. This is what we decided. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when we don't want to take the heat with our own family, it's really easy to be like, well... I mean, she doesn't really want Cousin Ned there. So I'm sorry, but that's just the way sorry, it's going to be. Ned. You cut. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mom. not a Cousin Ned who's a listener. <laughs> we don't have any Cousins Ned, so we're not talking about anyone in particular. But, I mean, that's the easy way out to try to not take the heat personally. But it's not a good way to start a relationship with the in-laws. It's so much more important to say, this is what we're doing. This is what's important to us together. And it doesn't matter within your family who actually made that choice or whose idea it was. You have to come back to your family and say, this is our decision about the wedding day together. And it's a family affair. And at the end of the day, the goal is to be married. And no no matter what happens, hell or high water, weather you know, family drama, dynamics, mistravel, flights, all that stuff. At the end of the day, when you're leaving the reception together, it is that you're married. And to try to keep that goal in mind, and when relationships, family dynamics start to go off, you know, off course or wayward, remind them of that. Just say, the goal of this is for us to be married and to have a great day. And although I can tell that this is something that's very important to you, It's not important to us, and we're trying to solve this in the best way possible. So can we work together on how to manage your expectation or have you understand where we're at with this? You're so good at wording things. I think that's really, really good. Well, thank you. Sometimes I find what, blind nut, blind squirrel? Blind nut eats a squirrel every now and then, right? (laughs) No. (laughs) Try again. (laughs) Did you do that? Yes, I did. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. That's where you're going with that. So yes, just know that it's not just you guys. If you guys are having family drama, know that everybody has issues with family that involves family in their wedding. And if you don't involve family in your wedding, you're gonna have an issue about that probably too. So Just know that that's very normal part of the process, but decide as a couple how you're going to handle those family dynamics and do it as a united front. Don't let family and drama pull you apart. Family is so much fun. I think you have a client, if I remember right, that in your wedding business, that one of the first questions they ask to their brides and grooms, this is a wedding planner, is that, do we have any family dynamic seating issues that I need to be aware of? I think... Wedding like, planners are really good at asking that question. You know, do I have anybody that needs to be seated across the room from each other to try to avoid any challenges or issues for the day? So, like, this isn't new. You guys don't need to have so much concern about this. You just have to address it and confront it and find the best way through it. 
Because you can't go around it and you can't go over it. You actually have to go through it. Mm-hmm. The last one is about the guest list. Wonk, wonk. And the guest list can be very, very difficult and very, very easy. I think that there's a ton of, to build on the family conversation, I think there's a ton of family dynamic in this as well. And I'm going to kick it off with like the simple thing about a guest list is no matter how many people you invite, somebody always gets left off. There's There's, always a cutoff point. There's always the last person in or the last person left out. And that's just the way it's always going to be. I don't care if your number is 10 people. I don't care if your number is family only. Then like that best friend gets cut out. I don't care if that number is 500. Yeah. There's always a 501. It's like they're looking from the outside. And this happened to us. They're looking from the outside like, I'm still waiting on my wedding invite. I haven't gotten one yet. (laughs) And it's like, we invited 160 people to ours, or how many people were there? I think we invited like 135 and 120 came. 120, 130 people. It's like the cut gets made at some point, and that's just the way it is. Even 120 people was insanely hard for us. So just to be clear on guest lists, I was totally fine with like almost a destination elopement, like family on a beach somewhere and but existed on the other end of the spectrum. Like it would be very easy to invite 400 people. So we compromised in the middle at about 120, 130 and really tried to respect each other's perspectives. I had to give in that we were going to invite over a hundred people and that was a lot more than I had originally thought. And obviously Bud had to give and say, there's a lot of people that I know that aren't going to get an invitation to this wedding. And we just had to decide what the number was and really think about who was important to us. And I'm just, I'm really glad we kept it so small because I'm just more of an introverted person. And the idea of having 300 people at my wedding just makes me like jittery inside. There were a couple things we wanted to do at the wedding on the wedding day because we had fortunately been to a handful by then, a big and small. And what we always felt like was that at the bigger that they got, the more the bride and groom was spread thinner and thinner. And that you often didn't get to experience time with every guest. Mm -hmm. Or each other. Or each other, which that's no fun either. That's no way to be at at your wedding together. So to feel like you're spread thin and you're just trying to Oh, hey, thanks for coming and on to the next person. So by keeping something in range that you can feel comfortable with, then that's great. And then the other priority, I think, value we had around it was we don't meet anybody that we haven't met yet on our wedding day. And I know that that's not possible for a lot of people. It's not. But for us, it was a really important value. I don't want a ton of people invited to my wedding that I have never met before. This is not an occasion where... I want to be meeting my it's not a Super second Bowl. cousin neighborhood Ned. Super Bowl party. <laughs> if I've never met second cousin Ned, I don't need him at my wedding. So that was a value that we had that I'm really glad we stuck with. But I have to say, was really difficult as we made those guest list decisions. And the guest list was one of the most stressful things that we encountered around the wedding and wedding planning. And I kept telling Sarah, my priority around the guest list is that we invite the people that we feel like touched our relationship at some point in time. Or our lives. Or our lives. In some way, shape, or form. And that that was so important to us. And what was fun is I kept saying that over and over again. 
And that was what was executed. And at the end of it, when the sky opened up and we got drenched on and everybody had a blast, we gave a little speech toast at the wedding. And I thanked everybody for being there. And I had said that you guys are all here. We invited each and every one of you because at some point in time, you touched our relationship or our lives. And we could not have thought of a better group of people to share our day with, especially how the day unfolded than that room of people. Yeah. Well, and I think your dad and my mom and their toasts also said something similar. Said something similar. very similar. Yeah. And that's just what we did, how we conducted our guest list. So that fourth piece of advice was to discuss your feelings about the guest list. Don't just assume that there's a certain way you have to do this because that's the way it's been done in the past. Discuss your feelings. Mine was, I'm fine with immediate family. Bud's was, I want to involve a lot more people that are important to me. And we had that discussion and came to a compromise together and stood behind that. So do what you need to do to discuss the guest list and figure out what that number or what that group looks like to you. All right, to wrap this up, I think all of these ideas are a great way to work on the communication leg of the three-legged stool that's so important to relationships. So get started during your wedding planning, be great communicators, have some really intentional conversations about your values around your wedding. And I hope that these tips will help you thrive while wedding planning and make sure that you stay best friends until that day. And after. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to confident couples. Cheers. Hey, thanks for joining us for the Confident Couples Podcast. If you want to help create more confident couples, share this episode. Post a screenshot on your social media and tag us at Bud and Sarah on Instagram. For show notes for this episode and even more good stuff and advice, head to our website at budandsarah.com. We'll see you soon.